The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy time. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the screen there. And the one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. He's on the road. He's in Michigan uh, this week and also Ohio. Um, so he's got some events there that he'll be speaking at. You can find those on Bradley's schedule, which is at the top of the menu there of the page. And then the right side is where we're at. So click on the play button, 
blow it up on whatever device you got. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see the Rumble icon. Click on that. You can join us on Rumble in the chat over there. We're also streaming live to Rumble, uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the uh, channel that we got. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there, and DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter. That's right there below where we're streaming live on, if you got a desktop, I don't know where it is. Uh, if you're on a, a mobile device, it does something different. It makes it work on your mobile that looks a little different than how it's laid out there. But if you're on a desktop device, and if you're on a mobile device, if you've got one of those browsers that you can hit, show me the desktop, it looks the same that way. Uh, you can sign up for that there. If you want our ministry email, that's at sonsoflibertyradio.com. Go there. It's front page. Sign up for that. That's once a week that you get those, and you'll get exclusive pictures and <clears throat> things from what's going on in ministry that week. Also, if you'd like to help us out, if you agree with our message and you want to uh, support us in that, there's a, a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. Our store is also available. This week we're highlighting the Cowards Will Not Preserve the Republic t-shirts. Uh, we've got these in about 10 different colors. They are normally $20 donation, a couple of dollars more if you're getting a double or triple extra large. And... Um, this week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get uh, 20% off by using the promo code PRESERVE. PRESERVE gets you 20% off this week, and um, that's through Saturday at midnight. So they're a popular shirt. If you'd like to get it, it's got the uh, famous phrase by Elmer Davis, this republic was not established by cowards. Cowards will not preserve it. It's got some artwork on there, sort of the old style uh, continental army guys, maybe with some militia guys behind them. Uh, so if you if you're interested in that, that's through Saturday at midnight. Now I got two quick videos I want to show, and then we're going to bring our guest on this morning. This is a 38 year mom, 38 year old mom of three children. She was injected with the Moderna vaccine, quote unquote, the shot. All right. Listen to what this woman. Listen to what what she's saying here. Within a week of my second Moderna mRNA vaccine, I was hospitalized intubated five different times. I had a feeding tube, a hole placed in my throat so I could breathe. With tubes and holes, hair was falling out. I, Nikki Holland, am vaccine injured. And I promise you, this 38-year-old mom of three is not giving up. I will not be silenced. Okay, so you you get the idea here. All right, so she's going to be a fighter and and you know explain what happened to herself and not be silenced about that. Unfortunately, unless she does something to rid herself of that, and we had uh, Mark Grennan on the other day gave us the protocol one thousand. That is, if you've got the chlorine dioxide. You're going to want to take three drops of that to four ounces of water. And he claim, he makes the claim. I'm not making the claim. He makes the claim. And this is information purposes only. I'm not a doctor. Don't play one on TV. Didn't spend a night in the Holiday Inn Express. But he says the Protocol 1000 will dissolve the spike proteins in the mRNA shot, and it will dissolve the graphene in it. And if you get glyphosate, the stuff they put in the, in the uh, Monsanto products, Roundup, if you've got that in your body, it will dissolve that. Now, it's three drops to four ounces of water 
one hour or excuse me eight times a day every hour for three weeks okay he says if it's too much because it's very very strong okay so you may get some diarrhea or something but you're going to have to deal with that stuff in your body if you've had these shots or if somebody you know has had them so you may if you if you start feeling nauseous or you have diarrhea or something like that back off go down to one drop and build up slowly to the three but that's his protocol that he has for people who've had these shots and uh, he says they are seeing some success with that they definitely seen success with the success with the older style vaccines but i mean this is a one shot one one shot there from moderna and by the way uh maybe we'll hear some about this today but there in england they are having payouts for vac for those who have been injured by the shots okay uh, this is also another one. This is tied with the World Economic Forum. This is from seven years ago. Take a listen to what these criminals were talking about then. So this is a precision tool that now allows uh, us to take this protein RNA complex and introduce it into cells or tissues to correct mutations at sites where we know there's a deleterious change in the genetic code. So I wanted to show you an example of how this can be utilized. This um, protein complex can actually be injected directly into fertilized eggs of a mouse. And in the experiment, you'll see we're targeting a gene that is responsible for the black coat color in mice. And so normally, these mice have beautiful, glossy black coats. And once we make this targeted change, we then implant these edited eggs back into a, a female mouse and when she gives birth to pups, you'll see that the pups are now mostly white. And the remarkable thing about this experiment is that the, when these mouse mice grow up, you can test them and show that every cell in the body has this single genetic change that gives rise to the white coat color, but otherwise they're absolutely normal. So they are normal mice, no mutations elsewhere in the genome. This is a type of experiment that used to take at least a year to create a mouse like this, and now it can be done in a few weeks um, and by people that don't have to have special expertise. So this is a, a technology has over the, it's been very exciting over the last two and a half years to see this technology taking off. These are publications in the scientific literature. It's been sort of exponential growth of publications, people using this technology for all sorts of applications. And so uh, some of these include making changes, in, targeted genetic changes in plants, in uh, fungi, in uh, animals that are important agriculturally, in, in animals that are important to us as pets, um, and also for, in thinking about human health, also uh, to do things like make changes in stem cells, which are cells that can give rise to new organs. Uh, also to make changes in animals that are important as uh, models of human disease, such as mice and monkeys. And we think within the not too distant future, it will be possible to actually use this technology to make changes in humans. <laughs> yeah, you think? Um, yeah, how's that working out for you there? We just saw the lady that just got the shot having holes put in her and all this other stuff. Listen, God never designed it for men to start monkeying around with DNA. He never, he never, he never designed it for that. Now, as far as the animals and stuff, go back and read Genesis. I mean, you can read there. Jacob had certain wisdom, and he would put certain reeds and things like this in front of the animals to get striped versus 
the other kind of animals. He had a he had an understanding of the 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 permaculture that was there, the the flocks and how they mated and what what drove them to have certain characteristics. This lady's wanting to it's talking about exciting things about changing mice coats. I mean, really? And and this is how they look at people too. They look at them as animals. That's that's the way they they think. And uh, I'm convinced that all of this experimentation on animals is against the law too. Ultimately, it's against the law too. Because how are we to care for our animals? We're not to be subjecting them to these kinds of things. We're supposed to be caring for our animals too. Not that they're above men. They're not. They're not to be held in some kind of esteem above man. The animal's life's above man because man was made in the image of God, not animals. And so with that said, we're going to talk about some of these things uh, as well as some other stuff uh, regarding technocracy. And uh, Dr. Neil McRae came on with us on uh, Saturday, and we had him on with Kate. And, of course, you know what it is when we get two people going. Some don't get as much uh, much time to speak. And so I told Dr. McRae, I said, let's have you back on, and let's talk about some of the things you're dealing with. And uh, just to refresh your memory, he's a mental health expert with almost 100 academic publications. He's now an officer uh, of the Workers of England Union, which is defending thousands of members against oppressive COVID policies and censorship. Uh, Neil writes regularly for the Daily Sept- uh, Skeptic, I want to say Skeptic, uh, Daily Skeptic, The Conservative Woman, Country Squire, and Gateway Pundit websites, and is a regular guest on Unity News Network. It's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Dr. Neil McRae. Good morning, man. Good morning, Tim. It's uh, a, pl- a pleasure to be back. And and as you say, much as we love Kate, it's hard to get word in edgeways sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and she's full of knowledge. So it's when she starts going, just... Let her get that information out. I mean, because it's it's. I think a lot of the information she has is very vital to people. We're very fortunate in God's providence that uh, you know she was willing to come on every Saturday and be with us here at the Sons of Liberty. But look, you've you've written a book here. I just want people to recognize it. It's going to be at Amazon UK, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Moralitis, right? Or do you say it a different way there? Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, moralitis. Moralitis, a cultural virus. Yeah, can you tell yeah. people a little bit about that so we can, and then we'll kind of springboard off of that? Yeah, so it's a book that I wrote um, with uh, Robert Olds, and we came up with this concept of uh, woke ideology um, spreading around like a, a virus. I mean, for, for a while now on the internet, we've been talking about things um, going viral. And actually, our idea about uh, progressive woke, subversive ideology being spread around, particularly the young generations and throughout the media and so on, has actually been taken up by some other writers, um, uh, for example, Gad Saad. Um, but we, we brought this book out, it's actually two years ago, and we were going to bring it out in March 2020, but we actually delayed it because just the very title, Moralitis, a Cultural Virus, for, for us to be um, even uh, making a, a sort of analogy to a virus back at the height of the COVID-19 hysteria would have been seen as grossly insensitive. And so <laughs> we decided just to delay the publication a little bit. So it actually came out in June 2020, about three months uh, later, uh, when, when the hysteria had at least died down a little bit. So, so this is a, a book really about how woke ideology, it spreads like a virus, 
Uh, and just like COVID-19, this is an induced contagion. It didn't just happen. This yeah. was all planned. And, and, and actually, um, this disease can be traced right back to the 1920s with the uh, critical theorists of the yeah. Frankfurt School. Uh, and of course, it, it, they were main, mostly Jews, and so they were, you know, fearing persecution from the Nazis. They fled to, mostly to the U.S., uh, resettled in universities such as Columbia. Uh, Herbert Marcuse had a seat there. Marcuse, uh, who's famous for his line, make love, not war, um, in, you know, in the 60s when the subversive sexual ideology kind of really got going, leading to today's gender fluidity, drag queens in primary schools, uh, grooming kids for transgenderism and other perversions. So, um, so it's been actually been going on for a, for a long time, as I'm sure uh, you, you're aware, Tim. I mean, this progressive ideology d didn't just come about in sure. the last few years. Yeah. It's been primed over a long period of time. Yeah, it, it absolutely has. And, you know, one of the things is, I mean, you were talking about the virus, and I think we talked about this on Saturday, that we're, we're still using kind of that language, even though nobody's ever proved there's a virus that actually exists. They haven't shown that people, you know, the little boogeyman, invisible boogeyman jumps from one person to the other. But but we get the idea of what we're saying when we say something goes viral. It's just kind of taking off. It's spreading. It's It's kind of like a spider web. Uh, several people get it, and it just kind of branches out from there. You know, if you know seven people, then you they probably know all these other people that are tied together. One of the things that uh, you, you told me that uh, we wanted to talk about today was this, this push for technocracy. I think some of that's tied to, to some of the videos that I just showed. And then you made reference to, you said, this is like the new Tower of Babel. And I just want to read the passage out of here so people get the context in case they're not Christian, in case they, they don't know their Bible or are not familiar with that. Just kind of put it out there as to what we're talking about. This comes from Genesis chapter 11. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Now, up until the modern times, uh, maybe 20th century or so, where we started seeing you know a lot of... Uh, kind of computer translations of languages. And now you can go on any website you want to with whatever language you can hit translate, and it'll basically, it'll give you a basic translation. It may not be fully accurate, but you get that. Um, that was not the case. I mean, you had people who had to go and learn languages. Um, you obviously had in the scripture where people could have gifts of tongues and they could speak it and people could hear in their own language. But basically, the majority of people had to go and learn a language if they wanted to speak with somebody of another language. So the, the, the earth was of one language, of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven, and let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and therefore confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord there, excuse me, the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon 
the face of all the earth. And it seems to me, Neil, what we're seeing now is man is trying to reverse that and go back to not, not a new world order. This is an old one for which God came down and scattered the people in the, in the first place. So what's your thoughts on that? And then how does this relate to what we're seeing with technocracy? Because we had uh, you know Patrick Wood on sometime. I want to get him back on. We had him on, and he runs, what is it, technocracy.news, I think, or something. Some, I forget what the, the last part of it is. It isn't .com. But anyway, um, Patrick was on to talk about some of these things, too. How does this relate to some of the stuff that you're dealing with over there in England right now? Well, I'm ashamed to say that at the time that we wrote Moralitis, I wasn't aware of Patrick Wood's work. And, and I think that it'd be good if we at some point do a revised edition uh, of um, Moralitis to take in technocracy. Because um, what we were focusing on was a movement that started back in the 1920s, cultural Marxism. Now, technocracy, as Patrick Wood describes, that also goes back to the same time period. Uh, technocracy incorporated at its heyday in America in interwar years. And that was also the time of dystopian novels such as Brave New World, which accurately predicted the sort of things that the technocrats, the globalists today are trying to do. And um, so what, what is the link? This is a key question. Is What is the link between woke progressive ideology, which we may refer to as cultural Marxism, and globalist technocracy. It may seem that they're two very different things. And, and, I, and I often pe hear people debating whether globalization is, is a, a communist thing or if it's a mega capitalist thing. And, uh, you know, there, there's still people who stick to their old sort of left versus right kind of uh, uh, po political dichotomy, which I think is largely redundant now. Um, what is technocracy? Is it communist or is it um, mega capitalist? Well, I, I think clearly it's it, it's both. It's a bit of both. It's just like the um, the Chinese state that practices both a, a form of communism and rapacious capitalism. What brings them together is that they are both systems that are elitist and, uh, and um, totalitarian. Yeah, um, both mega capitalism and communism have an elite that's running the show, and the uh, the, the masses that are um, you know given some amount of uh, 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 assets to get by in life, but are actually very restricted in what in what they can do. Um, there'll be there's a there's a very much a ceiling to how far they can go, and this is what the technocrats want. They d they don't want an aspirational society. They want the experts in place, experts as they see it, and those experts, their position will be consolidated, uh, reinforced, and they will become ever richer, and the poor will be relegated to serfdom. Um, they may be perceived at times at times of um, low employment to be useless eaters we are heading towards um, kind of widespread application of um, voluntary euthanasia i believe that's coming 
abortion right up to the time of birth and beyond. I think that, you know, it's quite clear that those, those are things that the, some of the uh, more extreme Democrats want in, in the US, but also progressive liberals, as they call themselves, in other countries. So th- th- I think the link between cultural Marxism and technocracy is that cultural Marxism has been used as a vehicle by globalists, as a vehicle by technocrats, because one of the most important things that it does is that it um, undermines, weakens, destroys the traditional structures of society, faith, flag and family. They're the targets, faith, flag and family. And they have been very successful in many ways in undermining traditional family values, in undermining nationhood and in undermining Christianity. Yeah, I, well, I think that's the link there, Neil. And if I could, let me let me see if I can help you out with with something else you're saying there. And you see if if you agree with it. When you're saying it's a it's a form of capitalism, I would say it's crony capitalism. When we see somebody like Bill Gates, and and I want yeah. people to understand there's a difference. Real capitalism was you take your own capital, your own funds, your own means, your own property or whatever, and you're investing that to produce more. That's real capitalism. The crony capitalism that comes on is like when Bill Gates goes out and he sets up a foundation. Was it the Gabby Foundation? He sets up this, or he sets up the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all these kinds of things. And then he goes to governments and said, will you give us money? And so he takes that money and he'll invest it in things like what they call fraudulently call vaccines to push those on people. He is in the process murdering people in Africa, a lot of these young children, where they go and test these things out, never held accountable for them. And then he goes on air and has the audacity to say, I can make you know 20 times what my investment was with, and he doesn't tell you it's with your money. He acts like it's his money that's been stolen from the people by their governments and then given to him. So I want to make sure that people understand we're talking about crony capitalism, and you hit it rightly, that it ends up being this totalitarian kind of system. Now, have you ever read a book by Neil Postman called Amusing Ourselves to Death? No, I haven't read that. I, I would say, man, get that, because he, you were talking about Brave New World, and he was saying, what are we seeing here? Are we seeing Brave New World, or are we seeing Orwell's 1984? And he was more on the Brave New World, but I'm I'm like, I see a combination. It's Brave New World until somebody gets too much power to speak out against it. Then it becomes the jackboot thugs of 1984. It becomes that real oppressive kind. Otherwise, it's a conditioning. It's a conditioning with, you know, pharmaceuticals and Brave New World. It was Soma. Uh, and then, you know, they they had the, the, the conditioning in, in 1984 was to put away all of the stuff that would drive your emotions and things. Would you say that's a proper understanding of, of what's, what is going on there? Yes, I, I, I think um, there's a very interesting contrast, isn't it, between Orwell's dystopia of 1984 and um, Huxley's uh, Brave New World, which was also a dystopia. I mean, there's 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 all these um, pleasurable things going on in Brave New World. It's it, it, it's a totalitarian system um, run by the carrot, whereas 1984 is more run by the stick. But they're both totalitarian systems, and 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 I think that um, both of them have, have have come true 
in their own way. There's some, you know obvious differences between those two very prophetic um, pieces of work. And, and another one which um, I think deserves a lot more attention than it gets is the Time Machine by H.G. Wells, where you have the beautiful people, the Eloi, and you have the the Morlocks who live underground. Uh, and and what, what brings those three books together is that in Brave New World 1984 and The Time Machine, there's a sort of underclass that, that um, the state isn't interested in. They're allowed to live uh, in, in very sort of restricted ways, on, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind, but, but they, are, they, are, uh, they are still there. Um, whereas the, the, the middle class, I mean, take 1984, you've got the bureaucratic professional class, their lives are totally, totally um, controlled. And th this is why it's quite ironic, I think, that it's the professional bureaucratic class that's been so much in favour of um, the COVID lockdowns and the, the uh, contrived climate change crisis, because it, it, eventually, when, when, when we get to the point where a technocracy is fully up and running, um, they, will not be, um, they will not benefit from this system at all. You know, their lives will be totally, totally uh, restricted. And, um, it, it, you know, if, if Orwell was right and Huxley was right and um, H.G. Wells was right, there will be a, a minority or a maybe even a large number of people who live outside the system. And I'd certainly like to be one of them. Amen. Be, Amen. I prefer to be living in the woods, uh, living some kind of natural life than, um, you know, in a dystopian 1984 world. Yeah, you know what, Neil, I'm thinking about some of this, and you're saying, how do these things go together? And I see them as nothing more. They're a war against God, a war against His creation, uh, a war against the natural order. When we talk about a lot of woke, we're getting a lot of this LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ stuff. And it is a per it's not just... You know, you can you can say that that our sin becomes a perverted the natural uh, becomes a perversion of natural order, but when you get into some of that stuff, you know, the Bible refers to it as abomination. It's abomination for a man to wear a woman's clothes. It's abomination for a man to lie with a man, or even a woman to be with a woman. We we see that that war against even the natural created order, what everybody else sees, and it's only a small number of people uh, who engage in that kind of behavior. It reminds me of what Scripture says comes to to those. You were saying the the one was the stick, Orwell's was the stick, and Huxley was the carrot or the pleasures that were there. And it reminds me of the parable that Jesus gave of the sower from uh, Luke chapter 8. Here's what he says. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and take away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. So there's a, there is a, the first one he's talking about. They've been they've been persecuted. There's persecution that comes, and then in the, this one that comes here, he says, and that which fell away, that which fell among thorns, are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection, 
but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So he gives within this, and I, I think it's in the, the other um, uh, gospel that he talks about there's persecution that comes, and that's what that's what drives them away. And then, and then he mentions the pleasures of life. So you've got the stick, and then you've got the pleasures, or you've got the carrot that comes in there that steals away the Word of God so that people don't stand fast and they don't stand firm against the tyranny that's, that's around them. And uh, I think that's exactly what you're talking about there. Yes, and, and there was a, the chief scientist of Moderna who said, uh, we are hacking the software of life. And my book, Moralitis, is, is very much about the hacking of human morality. So if you take the, the, the you know, concepts of faith, flag and family, these fit in with traditional human morality. And everything that cultural Marxism has tried to do is to overturn all that traditional morality. and it's been a very successful um, project, this um, imposition of um, progressive, woke ideology in the younger generations, in the, the educated, um, professional, sort of middle class, and, and throughout the mainstream media. It's been very, very successful. Um, signs of those success can, are in, for example, look at the world-famous author J.K. Rowling and how she has been savaged by um, the younger generations, who many of whom are brought up on her books, the Harry Potter series. But because J.K. Rowling has taken a conventional feminist line or just a common sense line about what is a woman, um, she is now um, uh, you know, almost sort of uh, blacked out. And an, uh, another example just today I saw was that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, um, being picked on by the mainstream media because he, he made an assertion that um, only women can give birth. You know, I mean, th this wouldn't have, have even been thought about yeah. two years ago. It just shows how quickly the woke ideology moves on. It, it's accelerating. Um, so that even things that we were writing in Moralitis, where, you know, writing up till March 2020, things have got a lot worse since then. And an another very quick thing I'll say is um, we, we try to be positive in, you know, the last chapter of Moralitis. But what we can do about this, and I think there are lots of things that we can do to defend ourselves, our own families and communities from from this hideous um, inhumane agenda but it is very hard to convince people younger people particularly who have been absolutely indoctrinated brainwashed in this in this ideology and th there was one um, uh, part in our final chapter where we talked about uh, big companies uh, like Gillette for example uh, going woke, you know, using some kind of progressive ideology in their advertising. And there was a saying, go woke, go broke. And we were trying, trying to push that. You know, this, this, this is what happens if you're a company that goes away from selling a product to your customers to, you know, uh, participating in this ideological subversion. This is what happens to you. 
But sadly, Tim, I, going woke, going broke doesn't seem to work. And, you know, if, 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 if you were to boycott every single uh, company <laughs> that's done something, um, done, you know, engaged in this wokeness in some way in the last few years, um, there'd be hardly any, any, anything left to buy from, from, from major companies. They're, 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 they've all been at it, whether it's the Black Lives Matter thing yep. or whether it's uh, Pride um, or, um, you know, the, the transgender or something. It, it, they're, they're all at it. And, and therefore, um, I don't think go woke, go broke actually works. Hopefully it will work eventually. <laughs> but at the moment... Companies are only getting gain from it. They get some bad publicity, but they also get a lot of good publicity. And they, 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 they you know, they, they think it's worth it. They're advertising um, uh, managers. They tell them this, this is the way to go. Well, let, let's. Here's the thing. I, you know, I've been doing this for a decade or so now. And I've always been of the the opinion that was said a long time ago. I didn't come up with it. All publicity is good publicity, because even if you even if it's bad publicity, people are going to be curious to go see whatever it is that you did or that somebody's pointing out. So they're not worried about it. But I think you and I were talking about it on Saturday that these the all these companies you can say, well, I'm not going to shop here. I'm going to go over here, and that company ends up going up the hierarchy to somewhere with BlackRock or Vanguard. So there's not going to be money that's lost. And maybe it wasn't you. I've had a lot going on this week. But I thought we talked about that. And that's, you know, it's like what we're purposely trying to do ends up just enriching the people who are who are really controlling those those companies in the first place. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that it, it is always worth considering where you spend your money and if you've got alternatives then you know don't use companies that are basically telling you you should be ashamed because you're you're, you're white or male or heterosexual or christian or that sort of thing you know um I, I i do try my best not to use those companies but the reality is it's getting it's getting harder and harder because they're all at it you know they're, they're all uh, pushed in some way um, to engage in this virtue signaling um, sort of campaigning because they, they believe it works. Yeah. Neil, let me, let me bring uh, people over to the 45 goals of, of the Communist Party to overtake America. This was, I think this was entered in the record either in the 60s or the early 70s. These are some of the things, when you're mentioning this, this woke ideology and stuff, this is a reflection right out of these things. I mean, it's, it's almost unbelievable they were saying this, what, 50 years ago uh, as to what they wanted to do, and they've been very patient in implementing it to now it seems like this is what you hear a lot of places that you go. Now, and i got to tell you, in the majority of people that I run around here in rural South Carolina – a lot of this is foreign to them. They they just don't think like that. They don't talk like that. Uh, number 15 on the list was capture one or both of the political parties in the United States, use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights, get control of the schools. This is the big one. 
use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda, that's the woke ideology, believe it or not, soften the curriculum, get control of teachers' associations, put the party line in textbooks, gain control of all student newspapers, use student riots to foment public protests against programs or organizations which are under communist attack, infiltrate the press, Get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy-making positions. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. That's, you know, as the old saying goes, the transformation is almost complete. Uh, Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American uh, communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings. Hmm, We've seen that in the past few years. Substitute shapeless, awkward, meaningless forms. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, meaningless art. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. And then... Infiltrate the churches, replace revealed religion with social religion, discredit the Bible, and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Eliminate prayer or any phrase or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the ground that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. I mean, all of these things here, Neil, are, and that's just a portion of them. Those are the ones right in the middle that line up right with what you're talking about there. Yeah, and, and when was that from exactly? I then? think this was in the 60s, but it might have been early 70s. I, I forgot to put the date on there, but I, it was yeah. entered in the congressional record, like, yeah, way back then. Yeah, because a, a very important 1963, aspect. 1963, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the student generation at that time was ripe for that sort of thing. Um, and and a, a very important to the whole um, program of indoctrination with the younger generations is that the world is not about fact and reality and logic. It's about morality. Uh, So it's about um, imposing a narrative. And we we see that clearer and clearer as time goes by. Um, you, you saw it with COVID, for example. We saw that no matter how much reasoning you tried to use, no matter how much factual evidence you might try and use um, to persuade, um, that, like COVID um, sheep, if you like, that um, the that, that the uh, that the that the narrative is, is faulty. Uh, it just doesn't work because what they've been trained to do, the younger generations for decades now, but it's become a, a process that's accelerated and very much reinforced, much stronger now than it was, say, in the 1960s, is that everything is seen through the prism of morality. If, if you follow the narrative, you're a good person. If you are against the narrative, even if you criticize it in some slight way, you're a bad person. And it doesn't... Um, need to go very much further to get to get to the point where the bad person becomes dehumanized they they no longer count and we've had the startling phenomenon in the last two years of good people suggesting 
that the bad people, i.e. the anti-vaxxers, uh, don't deserve to be included in society. We, we've, we've heard that. They should be forced to have the injection or they should be incarcerated. We, we, we've heard people say that. We've heard commentators actually put pen to paper and put that in newspaper columns. Yep. Um, this, 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 is, this is quite startling. It's an illustration of how that the morality works. It's that once people are defined as either good or bad, and if you're a bad person, then you're on a, you're on a slippery slope to being dehumanized, not just vilified, but actually dehumanized. And when, when you're dehumanized, they can do anything to you. You, you don't count anymore. And there's no debate. You know, I, I worked at uh, a leading university in London for 20 years. And, you know, there was still some of the atmosphere of uh, debates and dialogue and discussion. Um, uh, there, was, there was that kind of traditional concept of science as being something that's uncertain and that uh, there's always doubt. That, that was still around when I started, but gradually that, that has declined almost to nothing. So at the end, I, I decided that I'd had enough of working in that environment. There is no debate allowed because if you're a good person, why would you debate with a bad person? That, that is the thinking. It really is as simple as that. And you've seen that very clearly with COVID. If you follow the COVID narrative, you're a good person. If you criticize lockdowns, masks, vaccines, whatever, you're a bad person. Yes. And there's no debate. Yeah. You're, you're beyond the pale. Yeah, and that is that is the distinction. It's it's relying on more of the emotion, emotional response and self-righteousness than it is logic, facts. Uh, and again, I point people back to John chapter one, verse one, where it says the, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that term word in the Greek is the logos. That is, the, that's where we get our word logic. This is why we can say if you're being illogical, you know, really you're being, you're being unbiblical. That's one. Uh, because morality comes from God. The law comes from the lawgiver, and morality is law. I mean, people say you can't legislate morality, but we, we have. It's against the law to murder. That's a moral issue. Uh, the the and and so and there and there's economics. A lot of them want to say, well, let's not get on these social issues. Let's get on the economic issues. And I go, well, wait a minute. When you're killing off, you know, sixty something million of your own people over the past fifty years, that has an economic impact. When you're taking and you're you're going to redefine marriage for the perversion of you know sodomy or lesbianism to to incorporate that in there you're going to affect the economy because nobody's producing children in that relationship i mean not that it's not an abomination but there's no there's no fruit that comes from that and so you these things go to, they go hand in hand if you want to be blessed you know when god says he'll bless the people in deuteronomy 28 he says, I'll bless you, you know, in all these places, in the city, in the country. I'll bless your fruit, uh, the fruit of your womb. I'll bless the, 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 the fruit of the land, your flocks, all this stuff. Well, that's tied to the morality because he says, keep my commandments. So the blessings, the economic blessings and all the other blessings come from the morality of the people as they obey the creator and what he's instructed. Yes, and it's important to say that, um, that, that there is nothing wrong with morality morality is necessary that's right it's it necessary is for human civilization um we called out the disease moralitis 
because this is a diseased morality. Now, I think it's also important here to make a distinction between the people who are really pushing this um, distorted morality and those who are just going along with it. I mean, to some extent, we've seen this with COVID, haven't we? We've seen you know, the large bulk, maybe 60, 70% of society just goes along with the narrative. They wear the mask, they take the jabs and so on. Um, but you've got people who are pushing it. And, and in, in our book, uh, Moralitis, we talked about two, two categories. There's the, the, the carriers, and that is your, you know, you're just your average um, young educated person who you know goes through university then gets a job and then just follows the follows the uh, the narrative maybe maybe wears a a, 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 a rainbow uh, um, uh, uh, kind of badge or something like that you know even if they're not gay you know that sort of thing it's, it, yeah is there is there just um, they're signaling that they're going along with the perversion of the morality it, it, yep. it, exactly uh, now they, they 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 are what we call carriers, and they don't have any influence at an individual level, really. They they're just um, they're more like just the ants of the uh, of the woke kind of uh, construct. But their force is in numbers, so their force is in peer pressure rather than any individual power. Um, the other category is what we call the contagious. So the contagious are people who spread this disease, who spread moralitis, super spreaders, if you like. They're the, the zealots, the activists, the Puritans, who, who often get themselves into positions of power, you know, who often get themselves into um, influential uh, jobs and um, like social media companies and that sort of thing, or university lecturers or, or politicians. Uh, so they're, 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 they're the two categories. And um, we've seen this with, with COVID as well, how you know, maybe you've got about 70% who just go along with the narrative, and then you've got your, uh, your COVID Puritans who, who, who really push it. And then happily, we've got about, you know, perhaps 10 to 20 percent who don't go along with it, you know, who, who, who can lead us, lead humanity out of the, this terrible, yeah. terrible um, um, morass that we've, we've got into. Yeah, Neil, I, I want to ask you something. Would you be able to hold over with us for a few minutes after? Because what I want to do is I want to play something. I want to get your, your opinion on it before or your thoughts on it before before we close out for the radio show. Can you hang on with us for a few minutes after? Is that OK? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is this is what I was where I read the uh, the communist stuff a minute ago. Uh, it's in an article that I did called uh, it was about Paul Harvey. If I were the devil and the forty five communist goals to take over America, and some people in the audience are saying, "Hey, would you play that Paul Harvey clip?" I don't know if you've seen it or not. This is this is from two years later, nineteen sixty five. I want to play it. And then I want to get your comments on it as to what we're talking about. And uh, I just want to let everybody know, if you want to continue this, when we close out the show, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and you'll be able to find it top of the page of what we're going to say. Here's Paul Harvey, 1965. Here's what he had to say. It's called, If I Were the Devil. If I were the devil. If I were the devil. 
If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies, and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every school. Isn't that interesting? Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. You know, you, you hear that. 1965. Some of these things were not even being talked about at the time. And it's, I don't think Paul Harvey was any kind of prophet. I think he could just see the progression of where things would go. And what do you make of that, Neil? Is that the first time you've heard that, or have you heard this before? I, I haven't heard uh, Paul Harvey before, um, but we've certainly seen this. Um, hang on, hang on. Hold, hold your thought there a second. Let me, let me close out the show and... <laughs> we'll do this, guys. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. I didn't see where the clock was right there. And then uh, we're going to continue on with Neil Sons at LibertyMedia.com, and we'll be back with you in the morning. Kate Shimrani, 8 a.m. See you. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. I'm sorry about that, Neil. I, I played the thing, asked you the question. You had a couple of seconds. So go ahead and continue your thoughts there, brother. Uh, 
Wait just a second. I, I got you cut off. Hang on. Go ahead. Well, that, that, that's a reaction to uh, progressivism. And we, we, there was a, a similar theme in Germany in the 1920s. And, you know, I'd have to say very emphatically that I'm not um, uh, supporting or saying anything positive about the Nazi regime. But some of the support for the Nazi uh, party in Germany was because of the sort of um, what seemed to be um, uh, debauchery that was being promoted by the cultural uh, Marxists in Germany in the 1920s. Um, another interesting thing uh, in Paul Harvey's uh, speech there was about this idea of, of, of war um, being used to uh, assert control. And of course, in George Orwell's 1984, there was a perpetual war. Yes. And constant re revision about who the enemy was. And, and I think that we see at the moment there is clearly uh, an agenda around having, you know, perpetual crises, whether it's climate change or a disease with COVID, monkeypox, or uh, uh, whatever they, they they keep on bringing new crises in, into our you know on our horizon to maintain fear, to promote hatred of the other, and to justify an ever tightening ratchet of of control. Um, one thing that I think that Paul Harvey, um, I, I think. I can see why he said it back in 1965, and there's plenty of people that would make the same point now. But the idea that um, fun and freedom were something that was being used to go against God and traditional morality, I think that's uh, not quite right looking at it from a, a, a 2022 perspective, because I think if you look at what the, the, the globalists are doing now, Klaus Schwab and his chums, it, it, it's all about depriving us of fun and freedom. It's an anti-humanity project. But that's the end result, don't you think? The lure is the, is the lure into the fun and libertinism. Yeah. It's not liberty. It's a libertinism. It's to do what thou will will be the whole of the law, right? It's practical Satanism is what it is. And then yes. uh, they put you in the cage with what you're talking about with Schwab and, and company. Uh, absolutely. And that's why I think it's, it, it's you know, what Paul Harvey was saying back in the 1960s was, was, a, was a perfectly sound analysis uh, back then, how the whole sort of liberal project, you know, get, getting rid of um, traditional sexual morality, for example. You know, that, that was all about luring people, as you say, Tim, into this um, project. But now we're at the stage where, you know, take, for example, wearing masks and how the younger generation of much more take the, the sort of educated, woke youth, if you like, um, are very keen to get their vaccines, very keen to wear masks. Now, in no way can that be seen as being about fun and freedom, can it? No, it can't. The, 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 or the, keeping them from their holiday now. if they haven't had the shot, right? Well, yes, there, I guess there is that, 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 that 
argument, but 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 the way that they've taken to taking these injections so willingly and believing they are superior, because it's not just about going on holiday, it's believing they're superior because they've had these shots and believing they're superior, morally superior, because they wear a mask. So you can see that this is no longer about um, younger people celebrating fun and freedom. Younger people have now been so indoctrinated that they're fighting against fun. And I, and I saw this as a, in, in the university, I saw a very um, steady change from younger people being sort of fun-loving risk-takers to being risk-averse warriors. You know, they worry about anything that they might say or do and how it might be interpreted. It's got everything that has got to fit in with the narrative. And that has become their mission in life is to be to adhere as closely as possible to this um, progressive globalist narrative. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm thinking because uh, you're you're talking about that, and I'm seeing some people in the chat that I'm interacting with, <clears throat> and we're and when we talk about that luring, it's not. I mean, people need to understand it's nothing different that's happened all through history. There's nothing new under the sun, and when we go back even into Genesis chapter three, what are we seeing there? Satan's doing the same thing now that he was doing back then, and this is take a look at what he what he's doing here. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, God didn't say anything about touching. He says you don't eat of it. So she got it from Adam. That's what her husband taught her. Just don't even go near it. I mean, that's what he's saying. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And look at this. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so she saw it, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, this goes right along with what John says in his epistle, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's ex Those are the three things that, that Eve had going on there. She looked and saw it was good for food. It was going to make her wise. You know, it was all this stuff. Uh, it was going to make her know good and evil, right? Be like God. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so, you know, Neil, I'm seeing these things that you're talking about. It's the same old three-card Monty that's going on with the human race that's been put before us, right? And and we're supposed to think that we're going to come out above the house, so to speak, to use that language. We're going to come out above the house. We're not going to be harmed by it. We're not going to be burned. We're going to be the winners. That is the lie that the gambler, the, the gambling addict gets into, right? Because he thinks, I, if I just get it on this one, if I get it on this one, and then once they get it, they go back and they're, then, then they lose it all again. So it, it's the same thing that happens today as, as before. Now, let me ask you this, because we haven't talked a lot about the technocracy part of it. We, we've kind of hit on the uh, the shell or what what is behind it. But I called Kate the other day because you guys had this big fire that broke out over there, which I think is kind of unusual for you guys to have a big fire like that. Maybe I'm wrong. 
But she said, Tim, she said, I think they probably turned on the 5G there and they have a lot of, uh, of the uh, smart meters going on. I don't know if that's the case or not. I know smart meters are, are problematic. I know 5G is problematic. But what are you making out of some of the things where this, this technology is being put into place? I mentioned yesterday, and I'll throw this one in too. I hope I'm not going to overwhelm you with something. But uh, I, I put this in. Our friend Georgia sent me an article, and it was dealing with the dirty little secret of cryptocurrency and how <clears throat> they had figured it up. You know, you have to, cryptocurrency just doesn't come out of nothing. They're doing it with, with computers processing. And she said the, the report was that they were using more energy than Argentina to mine these crypto coins, which then puts a strain on the electrical grids, uh, wherever they're being mined. Uh, also, that, what the production of, of that stuff obviously will harm our environment. I mean, it will, it will heat things up and things. So what, do you, what, do you, what are some of these, these specifics that they're wanting to do? We talked about hacking the body, uh, hacking the yeah. mind. Uh, they've been doing MK Ultra and things like that. What are some of the things that you're seeing that are coming out so that people can be aware of them besides just sort of the, uh, the marketing, if you will, with the mask and the shots and things? Yeah. Okay. Well, just to begin with, um, the, the, there were some fires reported in the media, including a, a row of houses that went on fire, which they were uh, blaming on uh, the on climate change. They were blaming it on this uh, heat wave emergency in, in in the UK. So we were given dire warnings that thousands of people were going to die in what was predicted to be just a two-day heat wave. I mean, I don't think that qualifies as a heat wave, really. But uh, anyway, what we see is, and I will get on to the technology in a moment, but I think it's important to say this, yes. is what we've seen is how much the weather has been politicized, how much the weather has been brought into this moral narrative. So traditionally, you had the BBC weather. It's, it's about the only thing on the BBC that um, until recently you could still trust as being sort of um, f f fair and accurate because the BBC is so dreadfully biased politically. Um, but you'd have the, um, the, the landmass of Britain and Ireland and green and the blue sea. And in the summer, you'd have lots of yellow sun symbols with the temperature in the middle, and for, for many years now, we've used uh, Celsius. I think you're still on Fahrenheit in the uh, US, aren't you? Um, gradually, over the recent summers, that color, uh, the color of the map has changed. So, and, and the colors that were being put out for the, the dire uh, heat wave emergency uh, this week, the, the country was shown in dark reds and purples and black even in, in, in where it was supposed to be, it predicted to be 40 degrees. Um, it looks as if the map itself was about to um, uh, uh, set fire. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the same was being done in other European countries. So this is obviously part of the uh, United Nations um, global agenda about climate change. So Germany and France have the same maps with the same dark reds and purples and blacks. Now, we did have two days of um, exceptional heat, but, but not, not, uh, not the record-breaking heat 
in most places that was that was predicted. Um, people were reporting, you know, between 35 and 38 degrees. Um, where I am, it was 35 on the on the first day and 37 on the second day, and now it's back down to about 22 degrees. Uh, but the media were loudly reporting that for the first time, Britain's temperature had gone over 40 degrees, right? Now, that was at odds with what most people were reporting. And quite frankly, Tim, I don't trust anything, any, anything coming out of official government <laughs> sure. anymore. I don't trust it. And I don't believe that this temperature of 40 degrees was real. There were two places where over 40 degrees was recorded. Heathrow Airport, 40.2 degrees um, near, near the runway. I mean, airports are likely to be hotter than the surrounding places anyway, of all those uh, jet engines and, the, the, you know, just the, just the heat coming off the, off the, off the runways. Um, I don't think that's a good place to be, to, um, you know, measuring temperature, really. Um, but it's not a place that's accessible for the public to go and check, is it? And the place that hit the record, 40.3 degrees, was RAF, Royal Air Force, Coningsby, which, of course, is out of bounds. So, we, you know, people cannot go and check this. And, and I think it's interesting how the two places where it recorded this highest ever temperature were uh, Heathrow Airport and RAF Coningsby, both places that members of the public wouldn't be able to verify th themselves. So I think that's uh, – so, but going back to the combustion of the, of the houses, yes, I think there probably is a risk that so the more that we use um, technology, there's more people working from home now, isn't there? I, I work from home, and the equipment – you know, when it gets hot, the, the, you can hear the fans going on, the, on your laptop. Yep. You know? and, and so I think, the, 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 I think there probably is more risk of electrical fires now than there was. Um, regarding the 5G, um, I think – there is just endless um, dangers, I think, with this um, system, and 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 it could be that um, um, it could be that um, fires may be just one of the many dangers that are are, are posed by this um, technology. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it's kind of it's it's funny. You'll you'll uh, you'll get a kick out of this. One of the guys who are, is in our chat. He's like he's saying this stuff right before you're saying what you're saying, uh, including the airport stuff and all this other. <laughs> it's just kind of comical to see his comments, and then right behind it, and and, and, and Neil, I can't say Niall, that's the wrong way to pronounce it. Neil uh, is is just quoting it right after, and he doesn't he doesn't see this chat here, so it's really interesting <laughs> how how that's kind of going on. At least for me, it Great is. Minds yes, that's right, that's right. You know, one of the things though is that people, I, I see a lot of people. Not laying hands on anybody, but my camera's going out of focus here. I see a lot of a lot of people get, um, you know, they they get discouraged about a lot of this, and they say, "What can we do? What, you know, what is there anything that we can do to to fight back against this?" Because the last thing I want to do is leave people hopeless. That's the last thing I want to do. And first and foremost, mine is a one a, a biblical response that's got to be the first foundation that people have to have. And I think this comes from 1 John 5, and I want you to, to give some practical things. We've given some practical things here of how to fight against these things locally, uh, establishing our uh, 
uh, county grand jury, our militia, so that we can start bringing people to justice who are who are trying to push this kind of lack of morality and criminality on the people. And this is what this is what John says. He says, "Whoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth Him that begat loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments." Okay, so there's the moral side of it. Okay, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not out to spoil our fun or our enjoyment of life or our liberty. They're there to protect us. Okay, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. You know, Neil, the first thing that I see is that if you want to overcome these things, if you really want to fight against the evils of the world is you've got to be on the side of good and that is not the light or the white hats or any of this stuff that that's being pushed out there it is the light of Christ it is the person of Christ people have to be in Jesus Christ to overcome the world they have to have the faith of the son of god so that would be the first thing i would say and then there are obviously practical matters that we do we've talked about being a free man, being armed, being uh, being able to raise your own food so you're not controlled in those those measures. What's some things that people can fight against this technocracy in their own lives and their own communities that that you would you might throw out some points to them for to do? Well, firstly, I'd say people have to accept that such is the threat of this globalist technocracy to our lives, to our future, to our children and grandchildren, that we have only one option, and that is to fight. We, we, you have to fight for your freedom, and you need faith. You need faith to support your fight. And that doesn't necessarily mean fisticuffs, doesn't necessarily mean using weapons, but I mean, fight in a in a broader sense. Now, as a trade union representative, I was defending healthcare workers who were um, at risk of losing their job because they were refusing the vaccine. And I, I recognised that the members who were coming to us were only a minority of the people that didn't want to take the vaccine. You know, it was obvious that a lot of people were just going to relent and take the vaccine to keep their job. And people near to me who were in that situation, not necessarily union members, but people known to me, friends and family, who were in this dreadful position of being forced to do something which was against, completely against their will, uh, completely against their judgment. They were being forced to do it. And, And I had to just really assert to them and say, look, Freedom isn't free. You have to fight for it. You have to fight for your rights. And so I I think that's a difficult message to give to many people 
because many people just want to get along with others. And, and I think that's why they picked on the healthcare workers, because these are generally good hearted people who don't go out to make trouble with others. They, you know, they, they've went into their profession to help and to care for people. And so they don't go looking for a fight. Um, but but I, I, I think if you, you've got to start with that basic message to people, it's that um, you've got to be really emphatic about this, is that we really are facing a fight for our very humanity. And therefore, we can't, you, you know, you have to choose your side. You just go along with it. That's right. And eventually you'll be devoured. Or, or you, you, you do what you can. And, and, that, and as I say, fighting doesn't necessarily mean um, punching someone in the face. That's right. It can mean anything from civil disobedience to choosing not to use um, commercial organizations that, you, that, are, that you, you, that you don't agree with. It can mean um, going to protests. It can mean being active on social media. It can mean supporting alternative media such as yours that trying to get the um, to get the message out. It's all kinds of things that people can do. And and I really am wanting to leave on a positive message here. I, I really am seeing a big shift now in the public mood. I don't know if you heard Tim, but the the BBC. Um, two days ago, put out a documentary on why, why have three million Brits refused the jab? And straight away... They were paying um, attention, weren't they? <laughs> well, straight away, this was a lie because um, accidentally the government released data that showed that 19.5 million British people haven't had the jab. Amen. Yeah, they've been lying to us the whole time, haven't they? Yeah, indeed. And they know that's a lie. So they're obviously just using that title. You know, they wanted that to be in the title so that they get the message across that the, the, the unjabbed are a tiny minority of, of difficult, awkward people, morally suspect people. But, but the, 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 the program itself, I, I haven't watched it all yet. I've seen some clips of it. But it was just nauseating um, arrogance from the BBC, but it, it, I think they've scored an own goal because it's getting absolutely trashed on Twitter and other social media. Uh, I think that, that I think the BBC has gone too far, but I think the whole mainstream media is doing the same thing that they, they you know, that they're talking to a smaller and smaller audience and they've got fewer and fewer people on their side more people asking questions now. Well, why was the BBC and the Guardian and the Telegraph, why were they all clamoring to get this message across that we all need to take these jabs and boosters and wear a mask all day? Um, why? People, more people are questioning it now, and I think, that, that, I think that's a very positive sign. Yeah, I think it's a good thing, too, that they're doing that. Now, you're talking about telling people to fight for their rights, and I'm going to give you the final word here if you want to exhort people towards something a little more maybe than what, you're, what you've done here. But, uh, you know, we do that, and I see a lot of testosterone on, on the keyboard warriors and stuff. Um, I'm one, look, I, I got a pretty good idea about myself and uh, what I think when it comes to the moment of testing. You know, boy, I'm praying, God, give me grace to hold fast my confession 
because when you're it's when you're tested is where you see really do you believe what you say you believe like Peter I'll go with you to death Lord and he says um, look you got a lot to learn before the sun comes up the cock crows three times you're going to deny me three times and what does Peter do tough you know robust testosterone filled Peter. I'm going to stand with you to the death. And some little girl comes along and scares him away for his life. He was with him. He knows him. He talks like a galleon, all this. And I know there's a lot of people who are like that. What would be the maybe a final word of exhortation you'd give people, both there in the UK, the United States, everywhere else where people are listening? What would be a, what would be a final word of exhortation you'd give them concerning the information that, that we've given them this morning? I think the last two years has been an incredible time. I, I'm not looking back on the last two years of these COVID lockdowns and the and the vaccine tyranny and vaccine passports and all sort of thing. I don't look back on it as some really awful period in my, my life. I, I've had about the best two years I've had. I've met so many good people, so many like-minded people. Amen. I, 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 I've learned so much more about... Um, why we're here, the meaning of life. And I would say, start to enjoy this fight. Enjoy this challenge. Look at the, the Muppets that are going around still wearing masks, right? Look at them. And, you know, the cover on our book, uh, Moralitis, has got the, you can, the non-playing characters. And that, that was a meme that they tried to... Um, they, they tried to um, remove, didn't they, from yes. uh, yep. social media. But that, that's what those people are. It's quite, it's quite it's very timely, actually, that, that that book came out with that on the cover, the non-playing character, because that's what, you know, maybe 60 to 70% of the public um, relegate themselves to in the last two years by taking these, taking these injections and I'd just like to finish, if I can, Tim, on one very, very quick, very, very, very quick anecdote. Sure. Is I was doing a, a protest in a town in, in Sussex and some, some young, woke um, um, uh, guys came up and they were sort of heckling us a bit because we had our boards about the vaccine injuries and all that sort of thing. And they were all boasting that they'd all ha- had their jabs. And... Um, um, I said to what I said to these guys. I said, do, "Do you know what's in these injections?" And they said to me, "Do you know what's in the injections?" And I said, "No." And they like fell about laughing. And once they finished tittering, I said to them, "The thing is, I don't really need to know what's in the injection because I didn't take it, but you did." Yeah. What was their response? Did they stop laughing? I think, I think it struck home. I actually think that that point struck home, and they were gone away thinking about that. Yeah, because they, they were so they were so certain that they'd done. You know, they they were they were morally superior, and yeah. we were some uh, reprobates. You know. Uh, yeah, when they when they heard you talking, they were laughing. They were laughing because uh, you were talking, and they were probably hearing something like this. And so, you know, that, that's a Charlie Brown teacher. Uh, that's what they're hearing. That's why they're laughing at you. And then you say, 
oh, well, wait a minute, you got this, you got this in your body, you don't even know what you put in your body? Um, yeah, that's, that's, like a, that's like running up against a, a brick wall there. Uh, Neil, if you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air, okay? And uh, we appreciate you spending extra time with us this morning. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, live from Michigan. And uh, we'll see you in the morning with Kate at 8 a.m. This is Friday, right? Yeah. Is that right? This is Friday? Yep, it's Friday. <laughs> Already gone through the week here. We'll catch you at 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani. Uh, actually, Kate may be with us for a portion, maybe not. Uh, we're going to have Nikita back on uh, dealing with the, the, the pregnancy issues and the women's issues of delivery, which is something, to tell you the truth, it's, it's near and dear to our family from the things that we've experienced in our life and upcoming grandchild and stuff like that. So we'll have Nikita on with us tomorrow. We'll see you bright and early, Lord willing. Adios.